happening? It's your boy Vic, that sort of Nigerian podcast. Me with my boy Danny. Hello, hello. We're chilling, you know, we're here in Treaty 7 territory, you know, here in Lethbridge, land of the Blackfoot people, home to Métis Nation Region 3. Today, we wanted to talk about something that, you know, was really, really special to us. And, you know, if you're Nigerian, this is like a staple of being Nigerian. It's part of the Nigerian heritage. And we wanted to talk about soccer. I think... 90% of Nigerians love the game of soccer. It's like 90% participation or something amongst 90%. young boys in Nigeria. It's, it's crazy. It's ridiculous. It's crazy. So, like, you know, we both love soccer. You know, I'm a United fan. He's an Arsenal fan and stuff like that. We love this beautiful game. But our love for the beautiful game started with supporting the Super Eagles of Nigeria, the Nigerian national soccer team. That's how our love for the beautiful game started. And we just, you know, want to talk about the Super Eagles today and talk about our love for the Super Eagles and how that shaped you know, our love for the beautiful game of soccer in general and our earliest memories and favorite players and, you know, and why the Nigerian national team hasn't maybe won a World Cup or done enough damage on the global stage as it should. There was this ad by, at the time, I think it was Bank PHB. Their ad was like, you know, possibilities. One day, cars will run on water. Mm. And one of the things was, <laughs> one day, Nigeria will win the World Cup. So, <laughs> So my dad worked for a Dutch company in Nigeria, and his boss came in the next day. One day, I was like, "Alex, have you seen the the advert that says that?" He said, "Yeah, yeah." He said, "Don't put your money in that bank." <laughs> wait, wait. A Dutch man is like out here, but yo, have the Dutch ever won a World Cup? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, he yeah. cannot even talk. They came close. <laughs> I know, but and it's so crazy too. Nigeria, you know, in some ways too, like. We are connected to the Dutch when it comes to our soccer heritage and stuff like yes. that. I know we talk about, you know, Clemens Westerhoff or Joe Bonfrey and stuff like that in terms of, you know, how they helped shape Nigeria into this, like, you know, continental powerhouse and someone that could, you know, forcibly reckon with in a way globally. But, like, you know, before we even dive deeper into all of those things, what was one of your earliest memories of you know the super eagles and like what made you just fall for them and stuff like that uh my earliest clear clear memories of the super eagles i mean i think i have bits of 98 and stuff but korea japan 2002 that world <laughs> cup um so that might i'm aging myself you probably be able to guess around how old i am uh, victor's an older man so his memories probably reach a bit farther but korea japan 2002 a few things stick out to me one just random things one was the Indomie carton. If you bought a carton of Indomie during the World Cup, it was like a little booklet that had all the teams, you know, stats, like everything. That, yeah. So I remember reading that voraciously. I also remember, actually, the guy with the durag. What was his name? Efetobere Soji. Yeah. Efetobere Soji's durag. Yeah. I remember being. Oh my god. I just Tariba West's hair. Tariba West's so, hair. So it's like all these oh little things gosh. stuck out to me. But even like Julius Adahoa with his backflips. Exactly. Yeah. You know? But even before that. Because of some of the key moments that happened like late in the 90s, you know, Nigeria winning the Olympics. Those things are in my memory, even though I don't remember them because they're mm-hmm. always on TV. So I remember Sunday Ulises scored like a screamer against Spain. I remember I watched that game like live. So I'm going to like date myself a little bit. I have very, 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 very faint memories of 94. Very faint memories of 94 World Cup. That was Nigeria's first ever World Cup. And I just remember, like, everyone, like, yelling, Rashidi Yakini, Rashidi Yakini. And I remember, you know, trying to do the celebration when I was a kid. You know, trying to do the Rashidi Yakini celebration when, like, you run into the net. Um, Rashidi Yakini, RIP, rest in power, you know. But clear memories, I'm talking Atlanta 96, when Uwanko Kanu and, you know, Amokachi and all those guys, when they won the Olympics, you know, 
you beat Brazil with Ronaldo de Lima. When Nigeria beat Brazil. <laughs> when Nigeria you know. And then they beat Crespo and those guys, Argentina, in the finals. Um, the under-20 World Cup that was hosted in Nigeria in 99. You know, the likes of Xavi and all those guys played in that tournament when they were kids. They won it. Nations Cup that was co-hosted with Ghana, between Nigeria and Ghana in 2000. So, like, yeah, those were, like, you know, my early memories and stuff like that. And I remember the 98 World Cup very vividly because I was watching the game, the Nigeria versus Spain game, you know, with my dad and my uncles and stuff like that. And, you know, Garbal Awal's goal was, it just came out of nowhere. But Sunday Olise's goal, when that ball went in, everyone went bonkers. See, and this is bonkers. this is one of my favorite things about watching soccer. You said we're, we're North Americans. I'm sorry. We're going to yeah. say soccer. We're going to say soccer. Deal with it. In Nigeria was whenever, you know, the Super Eagles would score a goal. It was like the whole, you know, in Lagos Center, it was like the whole city is tuned into this moment. If you're watching on local... I think it used to come quicker and then the satellite because there's a bit of a mm-hmm. delay with the satellite. So we watch it on DSTV. So the first thing you hear is, you say, and then you're like, and then, and then you see, hey, and then it comes, you're like, yeah. So it's like a delayed And like, reaction. it's so crazy. Like you can hear the noise reverberating and stuff like that. Just going like, hey, hey, Nepal, like the Nigerian, like electricity people, whatever they call themselves. Um, when Nigeria was playing back then, at least when I was a kid, they knew better than, you know, to take the light. Like, they never, like, there was, like, the light was on. They did not turn anything off. It you was must, crazy. You must, have, you must have lived in a good neighborhood because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I remember the light going off. I think I was, Yo. I know I was watching France. Yo. And the light went out. By oh. the time we turned the generator on, they scored a goal. They were, oh, my gosh, man. Those people, I don't know, man. But it was it was just one of those things that, you know, I remember. But it was also the the heartbreak, too was also the heartbreak you're talking losing on penalties to Cameroon in 2000 all these other you know close attempts and near misses and stuff like that like it's it's crazy even though sometimes you know somebody was asking me it's like okay if if Nigeria was to play Canada who would you who would you cheer for and i was like hmm that is a good question hmm. if Nigeria was to play Canada who would i cheer for yep See, it depends. I think part of me will say Nigeria because Canada has hockey. Canada has hockey, yeah. You got got medals, you know, we have the sport. But I feel like, ah, but that's that's a hard question. I can't actually answer it. I can't answer it. Like, I was, like, saying it, like, you know, when I was, like, thinking about it, I was, like, you know, I'm, like, is Christian Sinclair playing? (laughs) Like, (laughs) Do you know what, though? If Nigeria and Canada played in women's, it would actually be a more, that would be the more... Competitive game. I think that would be a more competitive game. If it was from the women's side, I think I might really, really like have a hard time actually picking someone to support if it was on the women's side because like I love Kristen Sinclair. Like she's like amazing. So like, you know, to and Perpetua Iwakocha, like she's a legendary like Nigerian player. Yeah. Like our, like she put the women's game on the map in our Africa. Women's, our women's team. No, the Nigerian women's team. It's, it's really sad dominant. because I feel like they, they were very dominant and still are one of the best teams in Africa. In Africa. And at times we're up there as, as one yeah. of the best teams in the world. Um, at least, you know, putting in good shifts in tournaments yeah. uh, in, in European, not European, World Cup. in World Cup tournaments and in, in yeah. African tournaments. Um but I don't necessarily know if they've got the recognition. And yeah, the I don't women's know. Game I, in I, general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like the women's game hasn't gotten as much recognition, but like the Nigerian women's team was so integral in putting the women's game on the map in Africa. Like I know Perpetua Iwokocha, like she was 
like a force of nature. She was like yeah. Kanu to the women's game yeah. in Nigeria and stuff like that. So like yeah, I mean shout out to her too. Like I don't know what would support if Nigeria played Canada. Like yeah. it'll actually be but from the guy side I'm like as much as I like Alfonso Davis and all that stuff, like I, I'm like, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. We'll one see. of one of my best sports memories actually was um when the women's world cup was in Canada. In Canada and yeah. going to see Canada play in I think Edmonton. it was Canada yeah in Edmonton. Against I think China. it was against China. Yeah. I was late. To the game, as, <laughs> as, as happens sometimes. That's another Nigerian staple. But we're pulling in in the train, and I could see like the top end of the stadium, just like a little sliver, and it was just red. Red. You and know, it was it was nuts like if you don't know how that stadium looks like that stadium is green and yellow, green yeah. and yellow. That stadium is very bright green and yellow. And in that moment, it was just it was just red, a sea of red. And it was just amazing because this is so big for soccer in. Mm. in Canada yeah. and, and to have to have that so shout out to Christine Sinclair you know she's just a national legend so if you you know you're playing soccer you, you know, our, our dreams that we had as children of going pro well, come pro, to pass yeah. whose call up are you accepting Nigeria or Canada you know I'm also eligible for Kuwait and the Philippines so I might be <laughs> just kidding <laughs> I'm gonna have them you know trial bids I was thinking about it this way if I was to play for the Super Eagles that sense of pride that you you feel like every time like they line up and you hear that national anthem, that's the only time I ever listen to the like the Nigerian national anthem, right? And I feel a sense of pride when I hear it. Outside that, I never feel anything when I hear the Nigerian national anthem, wow. except when the Super Eagles are playing. But in that moment, I feel such a huge sense of pride. But you know, when it comes to Canada, if you're playing soccer at that level, like professionally to like to be selected. You're doing it as a career. You're doing it as a job. In that moment, I think I'll have to put, you know, my own internal feelings and warm fuzzies aside. And I will actually pick Canada. And the reason why I will pick Canada is structure. I hate chaos. I hate all this hula baloo. Like, that's one of the things that cheeses me off about the Nigerian system. It's like, you know Nigeria is going to this tournament. You know how much soccer means to the Nigerian people. Arguing over player bonuses or... You know, not having a flight. Are those the conditions I want to put myself through? Hell no. Let me sit down. I'm going to pick Canada, man. See, uh, I'm going to quote uh, Lord uh, Littlefinger. Say, chaos is a ladder. <laughs> chaos is a ladder? I'm taking Delish. chaos if that ladder <laughs> is taking me to the World Cup. Because Aspa, Aspa 2019. Yo. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. What is the last time Canada was in the World Cup? 1986. I Although think. we're hosting. Canada is hosting, exactly. 2026? So, yeah, 2026. You know, we're hosting with Mexico and the USA. US. Like, personally, like, the reason why I said Canada, whatever you do, like, it'll be a lot more impactful with the Canadian game. And at, at the same time, too, like I said, at that point in time, it's a career decision. I am not doing it for the passion, right? At that point, when I'm playing, I'm playing because it's a career. I have a finite window to like maximize, you know, my earning potential while playing. So I'm just gonna play for Canada. I don't want to put myself through stress of traveling here, traveling this, and like you know all that stress it accumulates on you playing on subpar p- pitches and stuff like that. Like nah, it's a career I mean, decision. I mean, to be honest, Concacaf, you're still the pitches are still <laughs> yo yo. I mean, like yeah, the pitches are still like under you know. You go to some places like you know like yeah, I get it. But at the same time, 
I'll rather, I'll rather, you know, save myself the stress. So, like, yeah. I feel like people are going to be in Victor's mentions after Yo, this. People, people are going to be mad at me. Like, what do you mean you're going to pick Canada over Nigeria? Also, if though, to play. If I was to be a player, but to cheer for it, that's a different story, though. But also, if anyone is listening to this, because I said I picked Nigeria, please don't take away my Canadian citizenship. <laughs> I, I love Canada. I love maple syrup. <laughs> Like you would play for Nigeria and stuff like that. Which players did you look up to though when you were when I was younger? Yeah, I have a signed. I have his signed jersey actually. Um, it's Kanu Wanko. Papilo, yeah. Papilo. One day I know say you go make us proud. No, I, I I loved like so my my dad is an Arsenal supporter. So my house was an Arsenal house. So you know we used to watch watch games, watch videos, whatever. And I just loved Kanu. I loved the way he played. He was so lanky and like elegant. gracious and elegant like yeah. he had a just he had a certain swag about yeah. him as well throughout sports i wore number four because of because kanu of them, like yeah. whenever i played any sports yeah i just I, I think from from a kid i love kanu um obviously jj jj, JJ Okocha yeah. is, is always yeah. a, a big one yeah everyone loves jj, everyone loves JJ. Everyone loves i feel JJ. like you can't even say jj because jj is just like, jj is just universally loved yeah. like the master of dribbling like yeah. cross country dribbling, man. <laughs> this guy, this guy. Have you ever seen someone <laughs> get to their destination and then say, and then turn back? No, I'm, I'm going back. Why? Just, just, just for fun. because. Just, just because I can. Just because I can. Like this guy, you're the, you're the throw on goal. You're the dribble past everybody. This guy will stop the ball and be like, nah, I'm just gonna yeah. turn around. He was, he was like a Jamaican. He said, wheel it, wheel it, wheel it. <laughs> When I came back. JJ was a menace. No. He was a menace. Initially, no, obviously, I really like Rashidi Yakini as a little kid. But initially, for me, it was Finiti George. You know I love the number seven, right? It started with Finiti George. Like, it was just like a coincidence that I became a United fan. And one of my earliest memories of being a United fan was, you know, Eric Cantona and stuff like that. So the number seven was something that I've just, like, kept and cherished. Um, but it started with Finiti George. Um, I like Amoni K2, but I always had a soft spot for Julius Agahoa and Obafemi Martins. Like those two, goal. like those two, I felt like if anyone was going to become world class, it could have been one of those two, right? I remember Julius Agahoa as, you know, in that under 20, like World Cup in 99 and then to going on and going on, like you just see speed, his shiftiness and like his, like it was just like, yeah, like that. That raz about him, right? And then same thing with Abafemi Martin too. Was at Inter Milan, like you see all, the, like you thought, I'm like, ah, this guy has maybe he can become world class. So like those two, I really had a soft spot for them. And Yakubu, <laughs> bro, it's nuts because I remember where I was, and if you know, you know. Everybody knows what we're talking about right yep. now. I remember yep. where I was when that happened. Me too. I was living in Holland. We yep. went to some random, like I think we we're at someone's house picking up furniture. But it was a World Cup, so we get there, and we're just like, it's on. So we just all stood. Like, everyone. Nigeria was playing uh, South Korea. Yep. And my man... I had diploma. It was, this was during, like, my diploma season. Like, I was in grade 12. It was during diplomas. Like, oh, my God. Bruh. To this day. To this day? <laughs> this guy's getting it on site. <laughs> Bruh. If anybody named their kid Yakubu... <laughs> That's an L. Yo, but, that, but to be honest, you know... Yo, but shout out to him, though. Like, he was one of, like, the most prolific Africans, like, strikers in the Premier League history. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he missed that, but he still scored later on in the game. But people always say, like, well, the momentum already shows you this, 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 that. Whatever. Like, it happens. It be like that sometimes. But, man, that miss... Whew. Yeah. That miss was heartbreaking. 
It was painful. It was painful. It was painful. Almost as painful as when Marcos Rojo scored against Nigeria like in the last World Cup. In that right. last, that volley. I'm like, of all the people, Marcos Rojo, <laughs> my <you> know, boy. <laughs> it was so painful. I actually blocked someone on Instagram because of that. <laughs> yeah, she was posting. She's like, oh, go Marcos. I was like, no, like this is, she's like, ha ha, something. I was like, I will block. She's like, ha ha. <laughs> you blocked someone on Instagram. <laughs> Bro. But and the fact that he's a Manchester United player too made it extra like bittersweet. It was just painful because I was in Nigeria. So I, I visited Nigeria last summer. So I was there. It was funny how the buildup to that game was because at the beginning of the tournament, people were just like, these boys. Won't these, come. Boys are gonna, these boys are going to. It's only the jersey. jersey it's only the jersey. The jersey is the only so, thing that was nice. So when they lost against Croatia. Against Croatia in that first game, it was like, okay, you see. You mm-hmm. see. Yeah, you won. But, but then even though you were like, ah, there's, they lost, but. They tried. There, there might be a they little tried. something there. You they know, tried. they played a little yeah. better in the second half. So the second game. Against yo, against, that game was seen as Shango versus Thor. Thor. <laughs> like that game was biled as like w- the winner is the official god of thunder, mm-hmm. and Shango won. Like yeah, everybody, everybody, <laughs> they should have made the whole Iceland team do their hair in Shuku after that. <laughs> pay homage. Pay homage. <laughs> but so the third game at this point oh, now people are like, oh, we, 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 we might just know. we might just be able to do it. We mm-hmm. might just be able to do it because so Argentina I, too was faltering. Yeah. So I was at a bar. I was at a, a bar my friend worked at. Yeah, we're, we're watching this game, and it's going, and it's going. We're, sco- we're like, we might be able to... Like, uh, Nigeria just needed a tie. We needed a tie. So I'm like, we, we really might be able to do this. We might be able to do this. And what was it, the 85th minute or something? Yeah, 80-something, 80 86, something like that. That Bruh. ball goes in. Bruh, I've never... Fine. Like, I heard... I heard, like, I can't explain how, but I heard the nation's heart break. Literally. Like, Bruh. Like, I was watching it, right? And that ball just, like, floats in, and I'm like... Like, you see Marcos Rojo, I'm like, okay, he's going with his right foot. Like, Marco, for people that don't know, Marcos Rojo is a left-footed defender, center back. But I see the ball coming, and I see Marcos Rojo going with his right foot. I was like, no way. Like, there's nothing. Like, this keeper is going to save this one. His, his weaker foot, he's trying to have a volley. Come on. And that ball went in. Like, this is Marcos Rojo we're talking about here. The guy that did the Rabona to try and clear the ball because he wasn't comfortable using his right foot. And he scored a right foot volley against Nigeria. And I was like, yo, that moment just, like, the hopes and everything just sunk. Like, you could feel like your heart in like, the pit of your stomach, man. It was crazy. Do you know, this is a random aside, but what always happens, after every major footballing event, I always imagine the sermons that pastors in Nigeria are <laughs> give based on that event. <laughs> the God of Marcos Rojo. <laughs> Be Rojo. 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 <laughs> or every Marcos. Because Rojo in your life, I pray the Lord to bind it in the name of Jesus. <laughs> every Marcos Rojo that will not let you go forward in this life. It is wild, like you know, but that just shows you just how much like you know that the nation like loves the game in terms of how passionate they are about it. Like you know, when things are high, they're really high. When they're low, they're super low. Like it's crazy. Like mm-hmm. and one of like the saving graces too for the national, like for I guess Nigerian soccer in general too, has been the youth system. Um, the youth system, like you know, Nigeria has won the under seventeen World Cup like what three or four times. Record times. They when do you remember when uh, I don't know what, when it was when we because we always lose against Argentina. Yo, yo, okay, that's like rivalry in and of itself. That's how. a global rivalry. Nigeria Argentina is actually like a global rivalry. We like, ask for it. Like literally every World Cup Nigeria's gone to. Like Argentina has been present. 
Except really? 98. I think 98 was the only time Nigeria and Argentina did not face off in the World Cup. Okay, whatever spirits are listening, whoever tied our Nigeria, destiny like together with, with, with Argentina, Argentina please, like, yo, please break it. At least until Messi goes, just cut it. Yo, man, I don't get it. I'm not gonna lie. When I was a kid, I truly believed after that under was it, under 23 World Cup, Mikel and them. I believe Mikel was a better player than Messi. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that under 20 World Cup when and Nigeria, ask, Nigeria ask, again lost to Argentina in the final. Ask Ow. any, ask any Nigerian who Mikel is, was is, better than Messi. We will tell you this. Mourinho was the one that ruined, that ruined with Mikel. <laughs> I stand Nigeria. by that to this day. <laughs> to this day, you know Nigeria, like you went all the way, you go toe to toe like that. That Argentina team, like they had um. Zabaleta and Kunaguero and all that stuff and with Messi like just chilling right and the Nigerians like the top three players of that World Cup they gave Messi the golden ball which I think was colorism and whatever <laughs> Mikel got the silver ball so that he was the second best player and then Taya Taiwo which was you know he got like the third best player of the tournament he had a cracking left foot too yeah like man it was crazy Ooh, shout out to Taya Taiwo shout out Taya Taiwo man that guy was in a that guy used to shoot on sight if we could if we could take Taiyatai was left foot. Yeah. And harness that energy. They will never you take light power. to Nigeria. Yo, you again. can power, you can power like a whole like grid. Take Nepa, PHCN, whatever their name is now, replace it with Taiyatai will have left, lights. His will, left foot, his will left have foot, foot I swear that guy that, that left foot got power, man. It rivaled like Roberto Carlos at one time. Yeah. It rivaled Roberto Carlos. This guy was shooting on sight and was a left back. It was just like it was crazy. Forty five yards, nobody gives a damn. You're shooting it. The, the big elephant in the room, though, whenever we talk about under 20, the youth, the youth system victories is the age, the age, the age things. Yeah. So let me tell you, I'll tell you a story. I have we have a, 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 a pastor in Nigeria. He was in his 30s. I'm pretty sure at the time Yakubu was playing the national team then because he said I grew up in Bini mm-hmm. with Yakubu. We they call him Bros that time. So I don't know how <laughs> he's now supposedly <laughs> younger than me, but, but hey. <laughs> allegedly 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 like that that's always one of the things that you said like you know there's some improprieties that happen here and there in which you know there might be a player or two that is overage that goes to these tournaments and then i'm just like i'm sat there like oh but the like, big even tight i will too they some people allegedly said you know his twin was celebrating his 45th birthday and then Tai Taiwo was celebrating his 20-something, 28. Just, I'm like, just, I don't even know if we're... We need to start verifying these sources. <laughs> we need to start verifying these sources, man. Like, yo, don't quote, don't quote us. We're me. not trying to slander people. And the, the, the thing, though, is like, you know, part of me doesn't believe it because I'm like, for their... Like, if you're that old, you shouldn't be able to, like, perform at that level with that kind of intensity, right? No matter what. Like, Cristiano Ronaldo, for example, he, he puts a crazy amount of money into like his body into his fitness and into his stuff and you can see the physical decline in his legs right you can, like i mean he still has those bursts of pace he still has those things but he's not the same player he's not as spry as he used to be so you're gonna be f- like 32 and like be bumping up and down like that like i don't think it's actually like a thing like, the thing is i i i i, I semi believe it i feel like it might be exaggerated a bit I feel but it's the, exaggerated reason, a bit, the yeah. reason i believe it is because it's a slog I started kind of playing soccer in Nigeria, um, where I really, really started playing soccer. I moved to Holland, and I, and there was a structure. You know, I knew okay. Mm-hmm. I go to a club. There's age group structure. There's this structure. Yep. If you play well enough, you get promoted. Of course, there's always issues of politics, mm-hmm. or whatever. But yeah, you you get promoted. You get promoted. Scouts can come see you. Yeah, and and so there's kind of a 
an ecosystem that's understood. But in Nigeria, what I've heard a lot of the time is like, it's so difficult to even get seen. So by the time you do get discovered, you know, when they're picking up wonder kids everywhere at Mm -hmm. 13, 14, 15, 16, you might be, you might be 18, 19, 20. So because it's taking you so long to get there, they're not necessarily, teams might not be looking at you and say, oh, he's already 20. He's already but 20, yeah. if you have the same ability, maybe, you know, take that, your, and this Buy is, two. you know, and I'm not saying I've seen anyone do this before, but, you know, <laughs> take, if, you, if you go to a certain local government, you pay the right person, you get that birth certificate, put it on that carpet, make dust. Accumulate. Just let dust accumulate. Put it under there for, for a little bit, take that out. Hey, you might be two, three years younger now. Yep. Yeah, it might be funny or it, it maybe even reprehensible. I think the biggest thing is it's a flaw in the system because mm-hmm. if if there was proper scouting networks, proper clubs, proper like a system, and it, and in the same like in a sense too, I also feel like you know if we're gonna accuse Nigeria of doing it, like accuse Brazil too, like stop just accusing the Nigerians, <laughs> like goddamn, like but you know it's also like a way of like combating poverty. Right, a lot of these kids, like outside, like the fact that it's a passion and stuff like that, a lot of it, it's you know they play this game. You know they want to drag their family out of poverty, right? Mm-hmm. They want you know to alleviate all these circumstances around them so that their family is fine. It's almost like anyone that turns pro, ninety percent of them, you know, they're trying to like pro like their family. They come yeah. from humble beginnings, right? So a lot of it is that that grind of like, yo, I need to be the one to like help my family, like soccer. Unlike hockey, for example, like soccer, you don't, it's easily accessible. It's not as expensive to like do whatever. With hockey, it's like, you know, you need to be on the ice and be able to like skate at the age of like three, four, all that stuff. And like being that program with soccer, it's different. It's different. And there's no system, like you said, to like really scout these kids and coach them properly all the way through. And I feel like that's where the government and all that stuff has failed Nigerians, um, the, like the Nigerian like football program in general, because you have all these talented young players, all these youth and all that stuff. Like I remember one time, this was in Kuwait. It was shortly after um, Nigeria had won the under-17 World Cup with Yemitela's group, so Chrysanthus Macaulay, Rabi Ibrahim, and all those guys. So they were doing some like some sport development conference or whatever. We were watching AIT, so we had satellite. Um, they brought this guy from England, from the FA or whatever, to come be like a keynote speaker. And I remember this vividly because this is how he opened up his sentence, like his speech or whatever. He's like, oh, thank you guys for having me, blah, 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 blah. I was actually shocked that you guys brought me here to come talk about it when Nigeria's actually be more successful at youth level than England ever has. Yeah. And I was like, shots fired. But this is the thing. I think something that we also get mixed up um, because winning is great. Winning is, winning great. is great. Development though is different. Development is that's the actual purpose of those youth teams, yep. right? Development. There, you know, Spain might not win the Youth World Cup every year. Nope. Or every every tournament, but they are building players. They're building a system. There's that connectivity of like integrating. This, yeah, this is how it, we yeah. play. Um, and I'm not to get into like full soccer nerd, but if you read um, about how Germany and Belgium, mm-hmm. for example, that ten thousand hours, the ten thousand hours thing, yeah, and completely revamped their their whole system, their, systems, their yeah. whole their whole way of, of scouting and, and yep. making it more integrated. Mm-hmm. It was like, and this is even Eng- yeah, England, even England too is changing things up. Yeah, too. because actually, what he says is really facts. Because England, 
had such a poor youth system. Youth system. This was in two thousand seven when this happened, and now. Yeah, yeah, because like, in places like the Netherlands, you don't play full field until you're like a certain age. You're just yeah. getting drilled technique tactics, Te- technique exactly. tactics. It's yeah. not about who can run, run the fastest, fastest, which is actually kind of a Canadian soccer. Like game. I think it's like an English like thing that like you know made its way to Canada and North America in, in, yeah. that, in that sense. Yeah. Because right? yeah. you see, too, with hockey, too, the, the players that can, you know, the grunt, yeah. the grunt players, you no, know? But, but it's like, I think, you know, hockey is like... It's different. Hockey is like you a do, skill game, too. Yeah, you, like, yeah, you need like, a skill game, a, too. It's not, a brute, it's not a brute sport. It's not a brute sport. There's so much that goes into, into development and developing players that's not necessarily just win the tournament. It's like, okay, they didn't win, but... What are all the little finer points, the finer right? Points, yeah. And I think that's what we're we're missing, and we're, we're not really, yeah, exactly. We're not really like, taking care of, in because in because in a way too, like you know, if I was to ask you right now, ask anybody in general, we don't have like a distinct style of play. Actually, we do. It's called chaos. Like we we, we like we play a chaotic game, and that's where we thrive. If a game can be chaotic, the Nigerians are gonna win it. And at youth level, I feel like the chances of making a game chaotic is a lot higher and you can create chaos at youth level faster than you can at senior level. So, I mean, what is Nigeria's, like, identity in terms of, like, yeah, you want to play fast pace, you know, you want to be flashy, you want to do all that stuff, but what is, like, the clear identity of Nigerian soccer? Like, what is our clear style? Our style is whenever someone dribbles down, you say, But even the financial aspect that you mentioned of players wanting to get out, I think, is also something that, like, we can't blame anyone for that. But I think, you know, because of that desperation, it does us a detriment because so players, to wrong players just want to go. Like, They're going to wrong Manor teams. in Finland. But what the Norway. heck are shout you doing to, in Russia? To, what the heck are you doing in Russia, man? What was, was a 17-year-old, like, Nigerian boy going to do in Russia? Yeah, and even, like, a big issue as well is... Um, Across Africa, is lots of young players are being taken advantage They're of. They're being by scammed, agents, yeah, you know, and and ending up in places, and you know, you think you're going for a team is taking you, but it's just a trial. It's just a trial, and then they get stranded in a random country. You get stranded in Malta and all that shit. Like, what the heck are you gonna like? The hell, everyone mm-hmm. just wants to, like, yeah, I know it's crazy. It's crazy. Beyond the Super Eagles as well, something that I'm fairly passionate about, I try my best to follow from a uh, from afar. Is the Nigerian league itself the Premier League? Yeah, yes. you've been doing, you've been doing a pretty decent job. Of so I just, I mean, I don't, I'm not gonna say I'm some expert or anything, but I try to like, I follow the pages on Twitter and and, and try to keep up with you know who's winning and and the scores and different things like that. But making that league competitive and making it making it a place where players and talent can grow as well is super important super because. Important, yeah. Having your local league where it's like it's like FC. I don't know how to pronounce the name. Mich- Michitland. Me, 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 I can't say. That man in Denmark. Yeah, I believe. Me, me, but Michitland, like that United played against yeah. them. but when Rashford scored, anyways. <laughs> but you know, having teams like that where players can come through, show their stuff, playing a, a competitive league, mm-hmm. and then you can say, okay, we'll send yeah. this. And in a way, too, that the Nigerian. Lee was 
kind of competitive back in the days, you know, like you know, yeah, you had, three SC, yo, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Ayimba. My one of my Ayimba. favorite soccer memories is Ayimba win Champions, Champions League, League back to back, back to back, back to back, oh three or around, around oh three oh four, yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah, that, that's one of my favorite. Like, favorite. like Ayimba win back to back, like African and, Champions League trophies and stuff like that. We're talking about um, Julius Berger. When was it at Biola? Yo, bring back Julius Berger. Yo, bro. That was, was that Biola that bankrolled them or something like that, or someone bankrolled them? Like you, you know the superstars or whatever. Not superstars. He's a superstar. Shooting stars. Shooting stars. Yeah. Yeah. yeah three. Shooting yeah, three, stars. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Pillars, Bendel Insurance. Like. Enugu Rangers. Yeah. yeah. Bendel Insurance. I remember. Yeah. yeah. Those and were, these teams still exist. Like those are a lot of the young players back then that you know, Clemens Westerhoff will eventually like a lot of them came yeah. through these systems and stuff like that, right? Yeah. And I think well now with Wafu and um, tournaments that are more geared towards homegrown players. Uh, there's there's a bit of uh, shine going to that because quite a bit of the the talent in the Nigerian national system and this isn't knocking but it's people like us who are raised maybe in Germany mm-hmm. or in in the states or elsewhere mm-hmm. and have Nigerian hair which I'm really happy they're coming and playing and then they come back and come, then and, 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 and play like I mean for us. we know someone too that that does that yeah. Yeah, and and you know the Oyinbo wall that we had at, at the World Cup and that kind of thing, but the the league itself needs to grow so that we can have homegrown talent, and even as a as a in terms of the financial thing too, mm-hmm. so that players can have financial opportunity exactly. at home. Yeah, um, and and I don't know what the. If somebody wants to make me a GM or something of yeah, a Nigerian yo, man, Premier if you League, want me to like come run your your things, man, sort of Nigerian FC, sort of Nigerian FC, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we'll bring we'll bring the mandems from from Lethbridge up right and <laughs> ship them back, ship everybody, take yo. take take the Wilfie Cole, bring him back, and all these guys, you know, <laughs> you know? we'll have the system <laughs> we'll on, on lock. We'll um, but um, we're ready for you. I don't want to say Nigerians must go watch the league, but I think that's also part of where it starts. Yeah. And I've seen some really encouraging stuff of people really going to the stadiums because for people that love soccer, mm-hmm. you I just want like, to go. Yeah, we just want to watch it. Yeah, yeah, I just want to be a part of it. But yeah. I think the the league itself needs to do a good a good enough job of marketing. branding, marketing, yep. making it a thing that people want to go to. Yep. Say five naira, everybody just come watch. Fill that stadium with kids. Exactly. So that they watch and they say, oh, this is this is something worth doing. South Africa did that with their league. Mm-hmm. And it was something that, like, you know, growing up, if that's on DSTV, Kaiser Chiefs, Orlando Pirates, I'll watch. People were watching, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. You know, so, so I think we need to do a better job supporting And even, even find a way, too, like, you know, who can you partner with internationally if that is what's going to even, like, start kickstarting, you know, things locally um what can you partner with internationally to help build up that brand is it you know ajax you can have like you know ajax ajax, uh, ajax, ajax Ibadon. Ibadon. <laughs> you know yeah. ajax Ibadon, or you can have Celtics. like red bull red bull Lagos or red bull Cano, something like that you know what i mean like you know partner with someone like a global thing that's not like we're at <laughs> But yeah, those are one of those things that you know, just partner like you know, and I feel like it'll breed accountability too. Yeah, right? but but the biggest thing I think with anything like this, especially as someone who's here, I I always I'm always wary of saying, oh, they should do, they should do that, because part We're of the not thing there. is, and the part of the thing is, what's the leadership like? What's the structure mm-hmm. like? Because people are, you know, this what's happening with Nigerian soccer league is also what's happening with NEPA. It's what's mm-hmm. happening with our roads. It's what's mm-hmm. happening with with so many different services, so many different things in the country. 
you know, due to mismanagement, whether it's incompetence or purposeful, you know, siphoning and negligence. um, It's not growing Mm -hmm. properly. Um, So I hope I hope in a few years we can look and actually it's not that by tomorrow or by next season it's going to be on the level as the Premier League nope, whatever nope. but I hope that we can see like tangible the, yeah, growth the Premier League put in the work they put in the time they did you know they did their you know needs assessment and everything like do that like god damn like the Premier League did not just become the most marketable like league in the whole world like overnight like yeah. you know it was built on the sweat of you know Salix Ferguson and that's about it wow wow <laughs> I mean, there's a certain there's a certain long coated <laughs> Frenchman who would disagree. I feel like Alex Ferguson and Arsene Wenger. Mm-hmm. I feel like the Premier League owes them like a debt of gratitude. Oh no, eternally. 100%. Even just eternally. as almost like as characters, as characters. Because this is yeah. as much as we love old sports. This way, sports is entertainment. It's an entertainment, man. Somebody has to be and Jose Mourinho too, to an extent. Too, oh yeah, coming 100%. through and being a villain like with Chelsea back in those days, like yeah. man. Yeah. And this goes through to any professional sports team in the world, you know, if you want to holler at your boys. Except if it's cricket. If it's cricket. Actually, yeah. this no. is random, but you know how thoroughly colonized you have to be to play cricket? Oh, uh, what? Thoroughly colonized. Yeah. Like, that's some serious colonization <laughs> if you're playing cricket. A game with a tea time, the British Yo. are doing... Like, yo, that's like yo. Some, some serious colonization because bringing, bringing soccer to the continent, it's like, yo, here's a ball, mm-hmm. play. and it's like, oh, we, we get this, this is good. Crick fam, go get us different. Men are wearing, they were wearing white sweaters, looking at tea pristine. time. I say, yo, we got to take a break, uh, to let's drink to some do tea. what? I'm like, are you, are you crazy? Uh, and so. <laughs> And soccer, yeah, soccer was different. Like, soccer was like a, I don't even know. It was like a global, it was easy to, like, take to all those places. And, yeah, I think. But cricket is like, I mean, you have to, like, dig deep. Yeah, but shout out to people who invented, you know, ODIs and all that kind of stuff. Because man's not trying to be out here playing a game for three days. <laughs> and this is, now I'm actually, like, I, all I know about cricket is, like, the one Vox documentary I watched. So yeah. I'm probably, like, butchering people. Someone's listening to this, like. That's, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. <laughs> Shout out Brian Lara, you know, the legendary cricket player from the from Tobago, you know. Damn. Shout out to him. Ted Lukar, you know. The only cricket player I know is my homies from Zimbabwe. And that's <laughs> it. <laughs> but anyways, yo. Yeah, we just wanted to, like, talk about that. And, um, you know, we appreciate, you know, the feedback we've been getting from you guys so far. Let us know what you think, you know. Don't kill me in the mentions because I said if I had the option of playing for Nigeria or Canada and I would choose Canada, it's not personal. It's just a business decision. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you guys for coming. Check us out on That Red Tape. Thanks for your support so far. You know, yeah. keep, the, keep the suggestions and questions coming and uh, we'll keep it going. Yeah. Remember to check us out at Sort of Nigerian on Twitter and Instagram. Give us a follow, a like. Mm-hmm. I'll let your boy. Yeah. I'll let your boy. But yeah, we appreciate you guys. Thanks for your support. Until next time, it's your boy Vic. I'm here with Danny. That's our Nigerian podcast. Peace.